0: House of Run Podcast. What do you do? Mostly running, Alan. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at
1: Bill! It's coming on! Children, coming on! Oh. Oh. I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold and munity. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra.
0: starts now.
1: Welcome back to the House of Run Podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by. Jason Halpin Jason, I'm a little upset that you did not mention to me that there was a possibility to gamble on dK Metcalf,
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize this was a thing um until you sent it to me so i I don't so it was done by Draftkings, which is not bettable in Las Vegas, so maybe in Texas though, not mm. sure um but it seemed a pretty good deal because you could only bet on him making teams or making the final or winning the final, but you couldn't bet on him not doing any of those things, which seemed like a guaranteed way to make money. So I wish I would have thought of this.
1: Wait, so you can't bet against that stuff? How would that work?
2: Yeah, which I did not, uh, you know, usually you'll have obviously, hey, one side's yes, one side's no, and obviously no would have been a gigantic favorite. Uh, for this, I mean, the odds even then were ridiculous. Like they were, they were like it had win the final was fifteen to one, where it was probably closer to I don't know, forty million to one. <laughs> uh, reach the final was one to one. Just even money, right? I
1: thought that's you, you, thousands so you can't, to one. So you can't bet against that.
2: It it uh, underneath here it says they're not offering no uh, no option okay. on any of these bets because okay, they would have lost all of the money.
1: Right. So what amount of money relative to your salary – I'm not going to ask you to disclose an amount – relative to your yearly salary would you have bet on these? So it was 15 to 1 to win. Was it 3 to 1 to make the final and then 1 to 1 – no, 1 to 1 to make the final. 3 to 1 for top three. And then 15 to 1 to win. Which one would you have bet and what percentage of your salary would you have put on it?
2: Uh, So – I didn't think he actually had a chance to make the final, but just just to, you know, I, I'm I'm risk averse in general. I would say so. I'd take the opposite side of the top three bet because I would gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's zero percent chance of this happening, like zero. And mm-hmm. if I'm if you're talking three hundred on one side, I'm probably laying four fifty four and a half to five to one on my money the other way. So okay. I would bet I don't know everything I have. Really? Um, There was no chance of him finishing top three. Like, literally, unless people just – seven different people grabbed their hamstrings out of the block. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm even more risk-averse to you than you. But the only other option would have been to go to the 15-to-1 thing, which would have required literally putting up my house. Yeah. But, But I think I might have. And if any of my loved ones found out afterwards, man, why did you risk all that? I'd say, listen. There was no way it was going to happen. Yeah. There was no chance it was going to happen. And right now, I could use some walking around money. Let's just. Hey, my absolutely. dishwasher just broke. You uh, know. There you go. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that are going on at my I'm house. Doing my
2: backyard. That, yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, you're on Project Nothing Living in your backyard. You got to astroturf. You got to put in your fake trees. Yep. You even put in a fake sprinkler system, which I think is taking the bit a little bit too far. Some would say.
2: It's just, but but it's, you know, it's a sprinkler that has, it's like some sort of, uh, you know, it's a clear thing that just looks like (laughs) sprinklers are on, but they're not actually wasting water, which I think is important. Um, I'm going to get some, you know, fake bees somehow. I'm still working on that, but I don't know. I'm going to figure it out.
1: I just, I've been sending you NBA bets that I've been confident in the whole year, and those ones I had a very high level of certainty. Otherwise I would not have tipped you off about them. Some of them you took my advice. Sometimes you did not, but this would have been a whole new level. This would have almost been on a scale of one, to will bolt break 19 in the 200 at the Rio <laughs> Olympics. This was pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. In terms of impossibility.
2: Yeah. It just, you know, it was, it was smart by them though. I don't know how much money they made off it. Probably not much. And they probably kept the limits pretty low. Um, but to, to just open the one side of it and just go, yeah, you, you can bet that he's going to do these things that there's no chance he's going to do, um, yeah. I bet they made, made a few thousand dollars.
1: I wonder who they consulted with to make those numbers. Because in an article, I think the article you're reading there, they talk about the line that FlowTrack set, which was a line that originated with you and I. Because as you know, I have multiple podcasts, Jason. So you, in a way influence this, I believe. Because I think they probably looked at what experts were saying out there. Yeah, And we are in some for some small, small small, 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 small portion of the internet. We're influencing this stuff.
2: Feels, And, and we were I mean, we, we were just uh, dead on, like 100% accurate with our predictions. Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty good about it.
1: We missed it by, well I guess if it's an over-under... I guess if you hit it bang on, that means you got it completely right. But ten thirty seven is pretty close. Ten thirty seven is yeah. I mean we
2: were we were saying hey over under is ten thirty five. Like I mean like I, we're right in the right in the ballpark. I think I might have ended up saying ten three low, but I still feel pretty good about uh, about this. I think it was
1: yeah. I think I also mentioned he might get a guy in his heat, and he lost by a hundredth to a guy. So I yeah, think that that counts too. The next closest guy, 7th place, was at 10 to 4 so a bit farther uh, ahead of him. Were you or have you been surprised by how much attention this has gotten?
2: Yeah, I mean I knew it would get some attention for sure. I guess I'm surprised at, like, I think he did totally fine. Like I said, I think he did exactly what I thought he would do. Um, But I guess people, like, are way more positive about it than I thought thought they would be i guess because you know some people like like Otto, who's way smarter than both of us like said like 10-6 and 10-5. so 10-5 I thought. yeah or like you know so i saw 10-5 10-6 like all over the place and so if you go from that it's like hey he was he was way better and then everyone's going around well he's he's got 50 pounds of muscle on all these guys so of course mm-hmm. he's not gonna like so we immediately had to jump to the excuses of why he, well if he just lost 50 pounds and yeah. uh Trained his whole life, he could probably beat these guys. It's
1: like, if, okay, yeah,
2: sh- sure. The, the, like, I think if DK Metcalf dedicated his next four years to being a sprinter, I think he could probably run ten one.
1: I'd probably take the over on that, but I definitely think under ten ten one eight.
2: Yeah, like see. in that yeah Closer in that range. 10-2. So yeah. in other words, still not relevant at all. <laughs> on the yeah. on the international scale.
1: Well, it's weird to talk about this and not seem like you're criticizing the guy because I think it's great that he did it and he had never run in college. He ran in high school, but not the 100. So, I appreciate him doing it and putting down a marker. I think the result though landed in the zone of maximum argument level. Yep. Right? Like it's just it was just fast enough to where NFL people could say, look, hey, because of how much he weighs and he held his own, this was a great showing. And then track people could say, well, he got last. Yeah. So he got last in his heat. He he got beat convincingly. If this was a straight to a final type of setup and he was running 10 threes, I don't know what was, what was the final? Uh, Eighth place was 10-1-8 he would have gotten beaten by two-tenths instead of getting beat by one-hundredth, which I think would have made a difference just in terms of people's perception. But I never understood the 10-6, 10-7 stuff. I just thought he's a guy who, part of his job description is running very fast. This isn't, he's not a baseball player or a tennis player or basketball or soccer, right? Speed is... Like, one of the top requirements for an NFL wide receiver, more so than any of the other sports that I just mentioned. Is it good to be fast in soccer? Yes. Basketball, obviously, all those sports, is good to be fast, but NFL wide receiver puts a premium on that. He has to do other things, sure, but it's not like he's, like, how do my legs move and I pump my arms and I run straight? Okay. Like, he right. does, conceivably does, you know, forget the fact that he said he'd been training since January. He does sprint training. He, he's. It behooves him to run fast. He probably does a lot of the same lifts that sprinters do. Does he lift a little bit more? Yes. But he was already doing a lot of the same stuff. So that's why I thought, okay, if you're saying 10-6, 10-7, you're basically saying he's like a solid high school sprinter. <laughs> right. Which wouldn't doesn't really jive – with what we know of his ability. I also saw people, and this was sort of fun, and this was because there was a vacuum of information about him, like extrapolating all the stuff off of that rundown he did in the football game and using that to predict a time because we have his max speed there. Well, that's just totally – he's not starting from a fresh start. He's wearing pads. There's all sorts of variables. He's been running up and down the field. That's totally different than him getting in the blocks – and running just one, all out hundred, but yeah, somehow the expectations got lowered to the point where this was this was a a very surprising result. I do think it's it's just interesting in retrospect. I've been I think I texted you this, but when an NFL player or a collegiate player makes a big player a play where they showcase their speed, what's the terminology that's used
0: World to describe their speed?
1: speed? World class speed, right? World class speed. DK Metcalf has world class speed. Well, 1037 is not world class, but somehow, no. for a football player, we yes. got into right. But now we have. He's got hold his own against a solid, but not spectacular pro heat speed. Yeah, he's That's got not world. He's got like
2: mid college sprinter speed.
1: Yes. Like that's... seventy guys in the seventy guys in the NCAA, seventy two, I think it is, as of this past weekend, had run faster than that. Yeah, again, that's it's good. Yeah, That's good. But that's also those are also some of the times where football player X, Y, or Z goes out for track in the spring because their coach wants them to, or they want to run the four by one, right? And you see them pop. This is not new at all. The idea that a football player could pop up and run. 10 3. I don't think he's the fastest guy in the NFL. I think if you had all the fastest NFL guys line up and do it, it's probably time to kill, been... right? <laughs> yeah. And well, then you can go back to listen, go back to five, ten years when you had Trin and Holiday making the team, <laughs> turning down the spot, but making the team in the 100 running 10 0. Jeff Demps running sub 10, wind aided. Right. Jacoby Ford, right? The list goes on and on. But those were guys who sprinted all throughout uh, college as well. So I guess we have to get the definition right here moving forward. And I'm sure the British listeners are like, why are you still talking about like this guy who also plays another sport? <laughs> <laughs> but like what – so what counts as a track athlete and what counts as a football athlete? Because Metcalf did give us a good marker for somebody who do, didn't touch track in college – But guys like Demps who ran in college, are they a football player who runs track or a track athlete who also plays football? And for whose argument does it further? Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, anything negative or perceived as negative that I say about this is not meant at DK Metcalf because I love that he tried it. And I think overall he did solidly well. So I have nothing nothing bad to say about him. It's more, you know, terrible takes on Twitter and
1: otherwise. Well, he um, became this symbol, right? He wasn't even saying anything. He wasn't even talking trash, but he gave he became the symbol for everybody who's looked down on track athletes. So there was a lot of people like reacting and and, and snapping back, but it's it wasn't coming from him. No, he exactly. just said, he, Hey, he just ran I want to like, land. No yeah. problem
2: with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just it's just interesting to see the the reaction um from the larger public. So Any last thoughts on it? Should we do this again? Should we never do this again?
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess it it brought more uh attention for sure. Uh I, you know, if they uh Somebody else is like, "Hey, I wanna. I'm faster than DK Metcalf. If Tyree Hill yeah. or one of these other guys wants to say that and they want to come out to a meet sometime and run and try to beat it, uh, I won't be mad at that. Like, it's overall, I think it's good for the sport. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's can it overshadow what the stuff that actually matters? Absolutely, and I can yeah. understand the frustration if you're a track fan and you're like, I don't care about the NFL, mm-hmm. so why do I care what this receiver is running? It's it's not even." He's not even close. And I, I could get that. But overall, I do think it's I do think it's interesting. I think it's fun. Um Yeah. You know, just don't just don't read the replies by stupid fans on Twitter and you're good.
1: How accurate do you think are the height and weight things on Google when I type in? Do you think they're accurate?
2: We know how inaccurate NBA players are. Um I don't know how accurate that is compared to the NFL.
1: Okay, so they have Metcalf because I just want to get some clarity on this whole he was the biggest guy ever run 100 feeling. which they people weren't actually saying that, but it got to a pretty absurd point. 6'4, 229 is what he's listed at. Usain Bolt, 6'5, 207. So 18 pounds lighter, one inch taller. Yeah. Ryan Bailey, remember Ryan Bailey? Yeah. Big guy. Big guy. Uh, he's listed 6'4, 216. It's 6'4, close. 216. Right? That's not far. That's not far. Ryan Bailey, what, 9'8", I want to say. 9'88, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in, in Rieti. Uh, beat Bolt in that World Relays race. Uh, what about your guy, Asafa Powell? Asafa Powell, six three two
2: zero five. Wow, he's 6'3". I guess he was a little shorter. Yeah, so he's, he's big for a sprinter, clearly, but he's not, like, insane. It's not like if LeBron lined up on the 100. LeBron would yeah. look insane. Yeah, like six eight two sixty is is a whole another world.
1: Yeah, well then you got Harry Aikens zarite which I don't know if you remember when he c- crashed into Doc Patton because he was uh, he was so big he was out of his lane in that four by one world <laughs> yeah. championships. He's five ten one ninety two. Wow. He's, he, yeah, he's yeah that's that's pretty big. He is a very very big dude. Just want to add that. I just want to have some some clarity around it again big but not not too far off and i just think it's important to remember that this person this, these these athletes run fast for a living so it's not right. surprising that they could jump into the other to to a sport that's not their own and still run fast it was Kind of funny though that Texas high school champ ran ten oh oh. I mean it was with a plus five, but it was just interesting. People were throwing that one out there. Unfortunate timing.
2: Yeah, I mean there's you know, I don't know how many five to ten ish high school runners who run this fast every right. year.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So I mean that's that kind of tells you. Like it's 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 good. He did well. I'm happy for him. But also it's not close.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's I I wish I could have been more surprised. Like, I would have liked that feeling.
2: Yeah. And I guess if you really were thinking he was a 10-5 guy, 10-37 is a massive performance then. Like, it's like, oh, wow, that's that's a big deal. Um, Like I said, we just... This is kind of what I thought he would do.
1: So there are... I'm looking at this, eight, nine, about 10 wind-aided times from high schoolers that are faster this year. And then there's five five legal times that are faster okay. than 1030 1036 uh or 1037
2: 1037 right
1: 1037 yeah yeah but man if you are any one of the following people walking around your high school after DK Metcalf ran oh, slower man. than you stand up and take a bow Jordan Anthony of Tyler Town Mississippi Zachariah Branch Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, yeah, Leon Eloy, Warren Easton, Aaron Bell, Terry Parker, Florida, and Gavin Schur of Fairview, Colorado. Just share the clip. Just be like, hey, look, see how fast he's running? I'm faster, and I'm 18. Or in the case of this, the kid from Las Vegas, I think, is a sophomore, and he's Jesus. running
2: 10.33. So take them in your fantasy draft early next year. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I mean, that just gives a whole new perspective to it. Those Some of those kids are probably still... Still growing. Yeah, this kid, I'm looking at this this guy from Las Vegas. Oh, man, I can't. He doesn't doesn't say his age. But very, very impressive uh, high school times out there. And I think, I mean, I think it would have been, I was talking to Gordon about this on the other podcast. I think it would have been different if he was in the, just a straight to final heat. They just gave him a lane. It didn't. Wouldn't even need to be a diamond league quality field. It could have been this one where you had guys finishing, you know, well above ten seconds. Because he seemed close.
2: Yeah, where it because would have he been was a massive. Right.
1: There would have been a massive gap. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on to the rest of the USATF Golden Games. Now that we've talked some football, Shakir Richardson, you want to start there? Ten seventy four, yes, then ten seventy seven.
2: I mean, we already knew she was great, but she runs ten seven a couple years ago. She kind of nowhere. We go like, oh wow, okay, Shikari Richardson, awesome. Then she does it early this year, and we're like, okay, I'm not going to bet against Shelly and Fraser Price, but she's like one of the co favorites. If you run ten seven at the same meet into headwinds, like, yeah, she's. I'm doing everything in my power to just go remember Shelly and Frazier price is like the greatest sprinter of all time. Cause there's no reason really to not pick Chicago Richardson as the massive favorite at this point.
1: Yeah. It's just, there's one other woman out there who's done it so many times and who can do this whole 10, seven thing again and again and again. But yeah, this is three times over the course of the week, a couple weeks now. <laughs> yeah. And in the wind,
2: seven. like, I mean, she's, it's like, she should run ten-six this year. At some point. Like it's just you think if she gets good good conditions and everything, the way she's locked in, yeah. she didn't even start in that ten seventy seven, she started behind. And the way she's closing these is just ridiculous.
1: She looks more she looks a lot closer to running ten six than she is running to ten eight, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And it, it put the wind aside. It's just the way her race is coming together, you can totally see her dropping the extra couple hundreds, and then when you get into ten six, you're getting into. I mean, she's already in very elite company, but then you're talking about one of the greatest uh sprint performances of all time when yep. you get into ten six. Which is, you're right. It started out of nowhere. She had this big outlier performance, and then the rest of the season fell off partly because the season was so dang long. You know, who knows what would have happened that year if USA's was right after NCAA's. Maybe would have seen something, someone. Maybe she would have gone to Doha and maybe she would have got a medal and this wouldn't have been as jarring but to to just tick these 10 7s off like they're easy yeah that's it reminds me of yeah, prime Frazier price thompson a couple a couple people in the in the current day can run with her if i told you she's going to get silver or run a 10 6 this year which do you think is more likely
2: 10 i think 10 6 is like Extremely likely, yeah. Like I, I, I'd be almost surprised if it doesn't happen. Just because, and I think when I was watching the the meet, the way Otto was talking about it, I think he was expecting ten six. Though,
1: do you think? Well, do, so let me ask you this: How close are we to her apex just of this year?
2: Well, that's yeah. That's the thing is, it's still pretty early. Yeah. Um. So. Can you run ten sevens just for the entire year? Maybe (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that seems that seems insane. But like she's she's obviously locked in. So if you told me, hey, she in a couple weeks, whatever, she runs ten sixty eight, and then you know after that her best time is ten seventy five or something. You know, by the time she gets rolls around to the the Olympics, like that wouldn't be insane just because. Can you can you run ten seven you know low ten sevens ten sixes for three months? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Flojo, right. Jetter, and one Marion Jones at altitude performance. That's it under ten seventy. Yeah. Right. There's yeah, this, which is crazy.
2: That, this, I mean, it seems like Shelly and Fraser Price has run ten seven zero or 10, 7 one like five times. It's probably only been a couple, but it's crazy that she's never broken ten seven
1: three times she's she's run 1070 once and then two times 1071 but there's that there's that bump up right because you got a lot of people at 1070 1071 1072 and then there's nobody at 69 or 68 and then the next fastest is 67 so there's just this jump up in tears right there which is i i'm curious if she can she cross that can she cross that threshold this year and if so she do it at the the most opportune time at the at the olympics or is it a little bit more a little bit more random but yeah the people had the people had the wind calculators out in full force and as a wind yeah. guy myself i enjoy
2: you got to do it though yeah i don't know i mean it just just to be this this strong she's only 21 she just turned 21 you know less than a couple months ago um it did I mean, she she could easily own this event for a very long time.
1: Yeah, this could be the beginning of a Fraser Price like run. Yeah, where she just it's gold after gold after gold. My favorite event, and uh, one of my all decade Formula Hurdlers really showed up.
2: Yeah, you play
1: Jason. I don't know how things are going over there in Warholm headquarters, but Ry Benjamin. Forty-seven thirteen. Did it seem like he it running forty-seven thirteen? Am I just used to Carson Warholm basically <laughs> losing limbs in the last fifty meters? So when someone runs it so smooth, it's it's a little bit jarring, or what?
2: Yeah, I'd say they have different styles of running a little bit. Um, you know, Carson Warholm, he's going to scream. He's going to. It looks <laughs> like you know he is. He's the action hero at the end, doing something spectacular that's taken out every bit of his energy and he'll run himself yeah. into a hospital and, and do everything right benjamin yeah it does look easy and smooth um 47 13 i don't know probably would have been a top 12 time for carson warholm last year so that's good
1: <laughs> uh, no no
2: i mean 47 one really good to see just because it's been a while right um and i want to see benjamin and, and and samba hopefully soon too yeah looking like them normal so cel- their normal selves because i if you get those three going, there's absolutely nothing better. Um, So yeah, seeing Rye run forty-seven-one is amazing. Um, I can't wait to see
1: some of these guys starting to square off. I agree. It was weird. We had talked about the big five and how only Warholm had run. And now we have two people having run a hurdle race since Doha, Rye Benjamin, and of course, Carson Warholm. But yeah, 47.13... It just – again, to the naked eye, it, he didn't look as sharp. Like going over some of those hurdles, it just – it didn't it, – basically it's a good thing because I could see yeah. sub-47 sub next time out. And I just – that record is hanging on by – you know when you're little and you're, you're, you had a loose tooth but you're a little oh, nervous yeah. about it and you just didn't want to get rid of it all at once? So it's just dangling by the tiniest of threads? and then a couple hours later it just seems like it's just even smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where it just is going to just f a gust of wind is going to blow that's how i feel about this 4-0-meter hurdle record it is that close to toppling okay now it's time for a game jason called should i panic oh okay should we panic uh, no Lyle's. Barely catches Kenny Betnarek, runs nine ninety 990 to nine ninety four. Uh, I said on another podcast that I would bet my house on Noah Lyles. This is before I found out I could bet on DK Metcalf hundred meter time. Should I panic about Lyles? Because that was very close.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was weird. Um, he was behind. I mean, luck, luck, luckily that last closing, but like on. I mean, he got passed by a lot on that curve. It wasn't close. Wasn't close. Um, no. And and you know, luckily Lyles has that closing speed. Uh, you know, I, I know Lyles. He's he's run a lot of hundreds recently. Not a lot of two hundreds. Yeah. The the hope is, and I'm not I'm not press, pressing the panic button yet, but like that it's just he's he's pacing himself here. Like he's mm-hmm. getting he's starting the season a little later, and he's working his way up. And if that's the case, then I hope so because 19 nine Lyles that's that's not it's not doing it for me that's that's not exciting uh, i love noah lyles he's one of the most fun exciting people in the sport um and 99 is like a season opener in like march is what i expect lyles to run 99 like i by by may with you know yeah. an actual uh a little bit of a field in there you know i expect him to to do his usual a hey, he runs 1978 and we go okay that's about normal um so i'm a little surprised i'm hoping it's you know he's been trying to hone that hundred and and that hasn't looked great yet either obviously um so i'm just hoping he's just a little behind and uh i'm sure he's probably eager to get out there and do something because i I do want to see something good happening because he was one of the safest bets in the sport for a gold medal um because yeah it just who who was going to beat him um, And I still, he's still, a, I think, a pretty safe bet. But man, I, I do really want to at least see nineteen seven or something. I mean, I what I really want to see is nineteen four, nineteen three. That's what I was thinking I was going to get out of Lyle yeah. this year, and maybe that's going to happen. You know, nothing crazy yet. Um, I don't know. I guess how do you compare Lyle's nineteen nine to Norman's forty four mids? Like those are those seem comparable, right? Right, but Norman... I mean, there was no one in that race, so that's part of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's more in control. Now, if Curly was in that race and he lost or it was down to the lean, yeah, you could say the same thing. I'm judging them differently. Norman's 2019 weighs heavily on my mind about when he needs to be ready to run fast to the point where... I think I'd be concerned if Norman was running 43-5 again, which is counterintuitive but because right. we've seen that before and it didn't go well in 20, 2019. Whereas Lyles, you're right, we expect him just to take ownership of the event. And just the fact that if it was a fitness thing, it would be he's fallen apart the last 50. This was a start thing. Yeah. This is a curve thing. And look, don't take anything away from Kenny Bittneric. The guy's sensational. He's been amazing since... Since college, he's put down, he's just been so under the radar because he was a Juco guy and then went pro and ne- he never had his he, you know, never had that big that big breakout moment. But this is Lyles's 2021. you ready? Yeah. 666 and a 60, 676 and a 60, hundreds. 1008, 1028, 1017, 200, an indoor 220.80. And then the 1990. You go back to last year. Now, what, COVID year? Granted. Uh, wind dated 993, 1004. Wind dated 993, 1005. 1994. Then a 1976 in Monaco. And a 20.13 in Sheik Eskivayavar in August when he ran the 100 and the 200. He went 1005 and 21.3. He did the double in that one.
2: Yeah, that's... I'm going. Past, I'm going to his past few years as well. Um, just kind of looking, and I guess this isn't too crazy. Like in 2019, last normal year, he didn't run it to 200 until June.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: 1972.
1: Yeah, but he, he ran only... that. That's when he ran the 986, though, when he beat Coleman early season. So we he had did. that did performance. It
2: in, that was in that was May 18th. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems like he yeah he starts to. This is, I I guess, May to June is when he starts to ramp up, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, if we don't see anything in the next three or four weeks, I'm going to get worried, but right now, I'm not yet. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, next person. Molly Huddle ran the 5,000 in the night section, 1523 for fifth place, 1523.
2: Yeah, that's a little surprising. Uh, I'm looking at the people who beat her. I don't know a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Molly Huddle five thousand might just be passed at this point. Mm. Uh, she's been running the marathon. It's hard to go from the marathon to the five k. That's a it's a big, big leap. <laughs> it's, um, it's a pro pro tip there for Jace. Yeah, so I you know she, she I think she should definitely run the ten k. A little more open, we think. Mm-hmm. Depending on what everybody runs, but should be more open uh, for the trials. So yeah, I, I I'm gonna say, based on and based on you know how many great 5K runners the uh, the America has now, I I think yes the 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 5000 has passed Molly Huddle by, but I'm not uh I'm not done with her in in general yet.
1: You're a lot calmer than I am about these. <laughs> I'm just just running around. Panicked. I mean it's
2: just oh. you know it's man if, if I guess if we threw if we any of these marathoners in a 5K, they're probably not looking too great, right?
1: I mean Emily system looked pretty pretty good in her sub-15. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that's one of the people that she's going to have to contend with for the 10K. They just... Everybody's on a whole a new little level. Bit.
2: I'm just... I'm still... I, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've always been aboard the huddle shuttle, so maybe I'm just... I'm reluctant
1: mm. to jump off at this point. All right, next person. Brazier. He scratched. So we did not get the Brazier v. Hopple matchup. And in his stead... Hopple wins 144, 94 over Michael Cerrone, then Clayton Murphy, and then Isaiah Harris. This was supposed to be the trials preview. We did not get it. Yeah. Should we be worried about Brazier? Not just is he gonna be is he gonna be healthy and all that other stuff? Because that we figure he'll get that right in time, but is is Hopple taking a a bite out of Brazier's lead? Um I don't.
2: I'm
1: trying as to make long as, panicked.
2: As long as Brazier isn't seriously hurt, obviously, that's always a, a big deal. But if he's just, you know, whatever, he'll be fine in a week, um, I'm not mainly worried because, like, say he wasn't entered and then I just looked at the way this finished and Hoppel winning in 144 94 feels right. Like, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like, holy crap. It just feels like, yeah, he's better than everyone in this field. It's a solid field. Like there's some there's some good runners in here, but no one Hopple's better than everyone and 144 high. Like that's just that seems like a a standard Hopple performance. Now I still I was really looking forward to this because I wanted to see Hopple v. Brazier because yeah. Hopple looks really really good and Brazier is you know he's the champ. Like it, I I expect I think Brazier still has the higher upside, but uh, is I mean Hopple staying healthy and winning races can only be good for him um but like i said as long as brazier is healthy i still still feel better about him but yeah this is this is the biggest bummer because i really wanted to see this race was the the best on paper coming into the day
1: yeah and then the sh- uh shani Millerwebo scratched from the two yeah bummer. you're right that's yeah although that that was a good race yeah that like i really say it kind of got
2: oh, <laughs> it didn't make me miss her as much even though she would have won this race um Handily, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, my girl, Allison Felix, feeling really good about that pick now.
1: Yeah, twenty two twenty six second second wind-dated to Gabby Thomas, who ran a really, really great last 100 to go twenty two one two. We talked about Felix in the two, Felix in the four. Both of them obviously seem like better odds than they were last week just because she beat some people in this race that she needs to finish in in front of. The women's two right now is... A bit complicated, yeah. I mean, the four is as well too. A lot of the two, I think, is going to depend on if Shakira Richardson runs it. Which, I mean, I guess I know she'll she'll enter in it, but does she end up at the trials actually running that that race? Because you'd think, okay, that's a spot. You know, you're not going to bet against a ten seven two runner in the in the two hundred, right? <laughs> but Felix Felix belonged in this race.
2: Yeah, got to win mean... over
1: some some good runners
2: the way she closed this too. Cause she was, mm-hmm. I don't know, fifth, sixth, something like that coming in that stretch. And she just kept building. I mean, she, she ran a pretty similar race to Noah Lyles actually. Um, as far as just how it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think she's a better 400 meter runner at this point. Mm-hmm. And I still think, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I believe Allison Felix can medal in any of these events. Um, but the 400s just has these just gargantuan like insurmountable people in front of her um, that are just like guaranteed medals whereas the 200 you're like hey if everything falls apart and it's daphne shippers and who else (laughs) um then then maybe she could she could find a way to sneak in i don't know um but this is this still is just a great sign either way uh and yeah she, she she showed flashes of Allison Felix in this, which is, uh, which is exciting for everybody.
1: Let me take you back to 2017, Jason. I know it's hard to compare sprint times from one season to another, or even one venue to another. At the Prefontaine Classic, May 27th, 2017, Felix runs 2233. 2233. So pretty close to the same time when you yeah. consider wind and everything like that. Uh, the next week two weeks later excuse me the week after next 50.52 on june 10th then july 9th 49.65 there we go okay 49.65 not too far away from a a 22, three twenty two two type performance now I don't know, maybe she's a little bit farther along this year than she was for that one. But she hasn't run a ton. She's run a couple, a few hundreds in April. I don't think she's going all in in May. I think she's smart no. enough to know how to, how to get ready at the right time. And this performance, this 22-3, indicates at the very least 50 low. 50 low. Unless she's putting all her eggs in the basket and only focusing on the 200. But 50, 50 low conservatively here. Maybe even 49 high. Here's my case for the 400, Jason, which I think I can make right here. You said it's impossible. We don't know what Seanan Miller-Wabel is going to run. That's true.
2: That is is a good point.
1: That's number one. Number two, Salweed-Nasser. Do you have any idea what's going on with Salweed-Nasser? Zero. So, there's the path. Yeah. No, you're right. There's the path. Would it yeah. be if, would it be crazy if neither of those two were ended up on the starting line in Tokyo in the 400?
2: I think that would be a little crazy, but I think I don't think it's crazy that one of them doesn't end up at the starting line. And okay, that's, all, but, that's all you need is I think because if you have two completely unbeatable people in there, it really you know you obviously your chances are just go down so low. But if just one of them are there, it it really opens things up.
1: But let's just say there's a little bit of 200ness that's sprinkled onto the 400. It's not outside their own possibility of two, the two best people not making it to the startlight, especially considering the circumstances of one athlete. And then the other athlete has this, oh, do I do the two? Do I do the four? Might just opt for the, the 200 instead. I just, and then it's open, right? Because then it's Americans, it's, it's Jamaicans, it's the rest of the world has a shot if Miller Weibo and NASA out there. am I talking myself into a Felix gold medal run? <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to look at the odds. I'll have to look at the odds.
2: yeah, I mean hey it's if she's if she gets go sub50 this year, which I don't think is impossible um then she's immediately like in the realm of stealing a medal, right? like you at least have a chance to steal a bronze if you can go sub 50 because it's just there's there's several women who can do it. But none you feel great about consistently doing it outside of, Nasser and Miller Weibo. I mean, I guess the two women who did it, who had like forty nine three or this year or whatever. That was that came out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. And they're both like oh. eighteen or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember either of their names, and I, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, yeah. Maybe that if, if that's if that's a, a close to a true talent level, then maybe we're we're talking about it for no reason. But uh, outside of that. You know, there's, like I said, there's a few Americans who can run 49.9, 49.8. You know, it's like I said, some Jamaicans who can do the same, but no one, no one you feel great about doing that.
1: Okay. The next person I want to ask, should this, should this person panic? And it's you. Oh. Do you know why it's you? I don't know why it's me. Okay. Here's why it's you. Last week, two weeks ago, you perhaps went down a rabbit hole with me discussing Sydney Balafa we're talk, talking about the Four oh, Hurdles. And we're like, yeah. hey, it'd be awesome if she ran the the Four <laughs> Hurdles. Yeah. So we were like, Man, I want to see her run that. That would be awesome. Why doesn't why doesn't she run that? And then uh, we debated it and we went back and forth. We're like, man, she's run a lot of what four high four one 100 meter hurdle races this year, and then 160. Yeah, I believe that's right. Something like that. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, which is crazy, right? Like that's that's a lot, and she hasn't run a single 4 meter hurdle race, if I'm remembering that correctly. That is correct. Yeah, but then she runs this race. Okay, she runs 12, six. So she gets another PB here. And then you look at the US squad, and I don't know what's going on with Brown McNeil. Obviously, Kenny Harrison is great. She, she won this race. Yeah. Uh, Nia Ali, reigning world champion. I believe she is uh, giving birth soon. Point being, Sydney could make the high hurdle team. It's not like she's not out of the picture. Right, twelve six. If she gets down to obviously just twelve five, like she's legit. She's legit, even if everybody was there and it doesn't look like everybody's going to be there. So the reason I ask, are you nervous? Is because you basically were poo pooing a stealth double attempt, and you didn't even know it. Now here's the complicating factor. You know the complicating factor? Yeah. Well, you can guess. What do you think the complicating factor would be, Jason?
2: Well, probably the schedule. <laughs> but also here's the other factor. She's the silver medal favorite in one of them, and she's a borderline making the final in the other. That's complicated to me of why wait, 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 you would wait, make wait, things wait. this complicated.
1: Wait, borderline making the final in the trials or the Olympics? No, the Olympics. Oh, she'll I mean if she makes a US team, she'll make the final. She's I mean, borderline. Maybe probably, but like she's not a medalist. I don't know, this year's weird. But I yes, I see your point. She got what did she what did she finish in this race? She finished 5th. You're right. So she yeah, Harrison, but then it was Sember, Amerson, Charlton in front of her. So the the US right now isn't that strong so she can make the team. I don't think she's going to do it. Let me just say that. Yeah. Because obviously it would
2: be one of the weirdest we moves ever. And the only time I would be an I double
1: no i'm gonna say we are pro double we have to stick with this through thick and through thin so i am not moving away from it i think it'll be awesome but i looked at the tokyo schedule and it's kind of crazy because you think man they wouldn't put the hurdle races on top of each other and yet monday august 2nd in the morning session is the 100 meter hurdle final and then in the evening is the 400 meter hurdle semifinal. (laughs) so like what are we doing here guys I mean, why I ask the we...
2: same question to Sydney every week. What are we doing here?
1: Yeah. What
2: what is happening? I
1: don't get it. She's it a great athlete. So little... just it doesn't make it, any it, sense it, it... to me at all. Well, right, it doesn't make any sense, which is why I'm searching. I'm trying to. I'm searching for an explanation here. Yeah, and and I'm searching for an explanation that I think is awesome, and it would all be worth it if she ended up doubling. Like to me, I would be I would be so happy. I would encourage the double. I think it'd be amazing. Now, if they made the schedule to where it was at opposite ends of the I mean, that you if they actually made this double possible, you don't think it would take much away from her four minute hurdle race. I wouldn't do you? think so. Uh, I mean I, I no, probably not. But they're not gonna make the schedule possible, so it doesn't make sense yeah. to even debate it. Yeah.
2: I just She's run <laughs> you know, four different meets of the hundred the the high hurdles, five total times. Yeah. She just had never like I'm looking at the past. I don't know if she'd ever run it before that.
1: She'd run it as like before, like in high school. She hadn't run it in college. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's weird. Um, switch coaches. Yeah. In 2014 when she was, was I don't know, 12, like a child, 15. Yeah.
1: 14, 14 or 15. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, the I, just, I don't know. And you know what? When she breaks the world record and wins the gold medal, she but, could just say, hey, Jason, you're an idiot. I knew what I was doing the whole time. Yeah, and I'll yeah. be like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. But yeah. I still want to see one of the best athletes in the world do the thing they're really good at.
1: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the off, like off-year thing. Yes. When Ashton exactly. Eaton was saying, hey, I'm going to become a really good four-meter hurdler during the year off-season. Or Christian Taylor says, I'm going to run the, the open quarter during the off-season. People experimenting, moving around. And that's great. That's fun times. Yeah. I, I'm willing to give it one more race before I start to think there's really something here. If I had told you at the beginning of the year, if I blindfolded you, put you in a room, first of all, you'd be really confused. You'd be like, why are you doing this to me? And I told you I handed you her Tila Stepaia page. What would you think had happened?
2: <sighs> that they just dropped the four hundred meter hurdles from the Olympics. They just said we're yeah. not doing it anymore.
1: Exactly. Just that's they the canceled only, hurdles this year. It's
2: the only thing I can think of. Like it's to me it's like say in like two thousand two, Shaq was just like shot fourteen threes in a game. And everyone's like, huh, that's weird. Why, why would he do that? Like, he's yeah. his best post player in the NBA. That's, that's so strange. But, but that was fun. Okay, cool. And then he did it again. And people are like, all right, cool, man. Um, maybe go back to that thing where, you, where you're the MVP. You're, you're really good. And then he does it two more times. And everyone's going, what the hell are you doing? What's the matter with you? Yeah, That's, that's what's happening right now.
1: I'd love to know the story behind it. I'd love to know the thought process behind yeah. it. because meanwhile, the four hurdles is going to be pretty good this year. Because Shamir Little is not not messing around. Fifty three sixty five at Mount Sack, which you put that together with her open four times, and she's putting together a hell of a big game to the season. Here, fifty three sixty five all time for her. That's her. What's her? Just outside of her top five here. It's her sixth best time ever in in uh, in early May. So things are looking good for little. We don't know where Muhammad is. Nope. So that's a mystery too. Sydney, we know she's she's ready to compete because she's running these races and knocking down time. But it's just it's funny with her. Twelve sixty five, obviously. Incredible, but then you just you're like, well is it a world record? Right. (laughs) Because in the other event she almost breaks the world record.
2: Yeah, she's and that's a tough She's the second best in the the world and second best ever in that. So that's twelve sixty five is fine. You know, it's gonna consistently get you fifth. Like, great.
1: There are I'm trying to think, because she's gotta run it before the trials, you'd think. (laughs) Presumably. we're, We're six weeks before the trials. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up quickly. Maybe this weekend she'll race it and we'll see something. I hope incredible. so. Yeah. Okay. My last one on should I be worried? Evan Jager. Mm. He just rabbited the steeple race. Yeah. Ran 2K. Now, part of that could have been his teammate Sean McGorty was in there debuting a la Jager in 2012, and McGorty established him as a trials. Contender by running 820. Looked really good in his debut. But Jagger hasn't run... Jaeger doesn't have the standard, first of all. I don't know how worried he is about that, given the fact that he looked to be in shape. But what do you think about going all the way there? I mean, it's weird. The best guy in the country served as the rabbit. Kind of yeah. interesting. It's a pretty good one of the best guy. One of the best guys in the world.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a weird weird move. Um, yeah, I don't... I am a little worried. Ah, Jager.
1: finally, Jason um is worried.
2: Just he, kidding. It's good that you don't worry. Yeah, I mean, generally, I'm not. You know, in general, I'll, I'll I'll be calm and you know whatever. But he hasn't run the steeple since 2018. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a that's a really long time. Like 2018, like 2019 was a full year. 2020 was, you know, 2020. I get it. Um, since 2018, the U.S. men's steeple has gotten better. It's still not. No one's. No one's running 805. You know, no, that's not going to. If he's anything close to his you're talking about old self, the United States or you're talking yeah. about the United States or okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's yeah. what this Yeah, that's what I mean. Just just for the U.S. team. I'm just saying, making the team. Mm-hmm. Like if he's anywhere close to his usual 80 self, which he's run every single year from 2012 to 2018, then nothing to worry about. But it's been three years since he's run his event, which is right up there with Sydney. And he is a lot older than Sydney. He's 32. There there, there, there could be a little something to worry about here. Um, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I just need to see him run, you know? Like, it's that's really what it comes down to. He ran... What a three k mm-hmm. this year. So he ran a pretty good five
1: k at some point, right?
2: Yeah, five um, k last year. He ran thirteen twelve last year, so that's good. Um, so I, I don't think he like lost it, and I'd still bet on him making the team. But at a certain point, like yeah, you got to run your event, and I know like you don't you don't have to run the steeple seven times in a year you yeah. know like it's, it's just one of those events like yeah you run you can run f- four of them but like like you mentioned we're not that far off from the trials um mm-hmm. so yeah i think he'll make the team i think he'll be okay but like this is the first time i've ever had doubts about evan jager at all
1: the the weird part is it's it's hard to fake a steeple though if he was hurt and he's obviously not because he yeah. went through 2k but then part of me is thinking, even after they said, oh, Jagger's in a rabbit, when he's like three or four laps in and he looks great, I was like, no, he's just going to, why wouldn't he just finish, get the standard so he doesn't need to worry about it? Yeah. Like, what's the what's the point? Just jog with your teammate in. Like, run, if you're in shape, which he looked fine, run your 820, get your standard, you don't need to worry about it. And even if you get out kicked, no one really cares about that. It's just a, just a tune-up meet, right? It's your first steeple since... What'd you say, twenty eighteen? Yeah. So it'd be a, a huge win. And going two K of three that's that's a pretty big commitment. <laughs> right? To for the steeple. It's it's not the same thing yeah. as oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rabbit the first ten K of a marathon and then get out. This is uh you're doing a third or two thirds of the race, you're flying all the way down there, you're spiking up, you're getting ready to roll, and then you're and then you're stepping off. I don't know what really would have been the harm in just finishing the race. But yeah, far far be it from me. They've got a formula that works over there. I just thought it was interesting.
2: Well, and it's we know it, it's not a not a hard and fast rule, but we've talked about like, hey, you got about ten years mm-hmm. at a at a high level, right? Like that's we said that before. So going back to twenty twelve is when he set the yeah. American record, ran eight oh six. Yeah. This is year ten, and he hasn't. Uh- I don't know if it counts if you just stop running your event for three years. He's like, no, I'm just going to stop right now. And save <laughs> it for because yeah. I know well, the Olympics are p- getting bumped to 2021. So then I'm really going to pull <laughs> it off from 21 to 24. Um, but it's just well, just weird. Uh, so I don't know.
1: Well, that's 10 years of steepling. Go back to 09 when he made the team in the 5K. Right. So he's 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 obviously passed his 10 year window at this point. Yeah, not a hard and fast rule, but it's just. I mean, it's steeple now with McGordy is another person in there who has a 1305 5 5k PB. You're just adding more speed to that yeah. that event. I'm as a viewer, it's going to be more exciting cuz there's more people who can make it. It's it'll be interesting to see though what does Jager is he going to be the Jager Vold? Is he going to be slightly diminished but he's still clearly the best in the United States? Is he going to be mid, you know, just hanging on for a spot? Or something more dire. I don't know. You could someone's outcome is obviously more likely than than the others, but it doesn't. Uh, it's just interesting to, with all the talk about standards and and this and that, but just in the fact of like going through all the trouble to rabbit 2k of 3k, but not doing the whole thing. Uh, again, maybe they were just trying to make sure it was fast for his teammates so he would get the standard. But I don't know that they had a rabbit in that race, or they, I mean he they could have they could have had another rabbit in that race that would that would get them through there maybe they didn't maybe they literally ran out there's been a run on steeple rabbits and they can't find anybody to rabbit 2k of uh, an 820 pace that's actually might be there might be something to that
2: <laughs> yeah I mean that's it's, that's fair that's a that is a good point uh because
1: that's a that's a fast time is it a is fast time but but yeah you think okay well yeah sure I'll rabbit help out my teammate and then I'll then I'll step aside, but there, yeah, there's not many people in the world who can run 8:20. So finding someone who can, can rabbit who's not going to be going for a standard is just, uh,
2: yeah, just yeah, just looking at the past few years. I mean, so 2019, the third best American was Bayer with 8:12. Mm-hmm. So like 8:12 is it is it's a good time, and that's it's not necessarily like hey, you're gonna have to run that fast to make the team, but that's no joke um and this year three guys have gone 820 or faster yeah so like it's in, in regular you know jagger could do this in his sleep he could run 810 without you know anything but it's mm-hmm. just it all takes us a little bit of a slip to make things interesting
1: yeah yeah let's talk about these 1500s and then the women's eight Those are the three ones I have left on my list. Purrier, Jace, 358 over Gabrielle Dubu Stafford, ran four flat. And then the men's 15, another big win for Oliver Hoare, going out hard, doing it the Aussie way now, and leading the last couple laps and getting the win over Justin Knight, who almost passed him on the inside. Pretty exciting last last hundred there. None of the Americans got the, the standard in this event. And then those 800s. The B heat, I thought, was really more revelatory because you saw Kate Grace and Brendan Martinez run 159. Yeah, that's in, a good B in, heat. <laughs> that's a really good B heat. Ricky Amir ran 158 in the A heat, and Raven Rogers was a bit a bit farther back. So women's eight, I don't really know anything past Wilson and a thing Mo I feel really good about. Um, men's <laughs> men's 15 is just anybody's guess. Yeah, it's a mess. And then there women's 15... I feel obviously great about Houlihan and Perrier and I know we haven't seen Jenny, but I'm doing the don't bet against this person until they show me that they're not as fast as they were rule. Yeah. So I would probably say that looks like a squad, but it's still early, six weeks to go.
2: Yeah, and the women's side is more, just more depth in general. I mean, yeah, you don't want to bet against Jenny. I never would want to do that, but it's just enough. Um, yeah, I i mean, perrier looked Great. Like it was, yeah. Like GDS was right on her for the whole last 600, 800. Yeah. I mean, really the whole race. But like it looked, and it looked like I kept thinking, I was like, oh, is GDS going to pass? She just looked like she was like, somehow it looked like she was going faster, but Perrier mm-hmm. was just like so just relaxed. And even when Perrier started pulling away, it didn't look like there was more effort involved. All of a sudden, it's just like she just slowly did her thing and it looked really really easy
1: what about the like Jenny I, d- I guess we talked about Jenny last time about whether or not we'd be concerned about her making or her missing her first team since you know, 2007 she's made every team since 2007
2: yeah I mean it's it's a possibility for sure I mean just because she's been so good for so long I mean talk about 10 year rule um, she's mm-hmm. well beyond that <laughs> yeah. um, at some point she's not going to make a team Uh, I'm not saying it's this year, but at some point it's, I think it's going to happen. Pretty sure. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, just, I mean, yeah, put her in that position though. She's going to, she's going to run it well. Um, And maybe there's a chance she could get, you know, out kicked or just doesn't have it in her legs to, to pass that final person to make the team. But I think she'll definitely be right, right in there. Hmm. I don't know. It's, All right. I, 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 she's run a little bit this year, but not much. Um, and she didn't run a. Didn't she run a what a five k? Jenny. Yeah.
1: She ran. Well, does she run that fifteen hundred in Eugene?
2: And she finished like eighth or something like that, right? Yeah,
1: she ran. She ran four ten. But before that, she she didn't race through the pandemic.
0: Oh, that's her right. Last, okay. So that was her, her last, last race. Was
1: yeah, in an indoor five k. Uh, where she broke 15 minutes uh, at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, so we just
2: have just no information basically on <laughs> Ex- right now.
1: Exactly. So the women's eight, though, is it's just wild when you think about it—the amount of people who are just clustered together. I would put Mo because she's run 157, and I would put Ajay Wilson because obviously all of her exploits deserve her to be in a separate category. But then everybody else, even Raven Rogers, right? Like I know she's got the silver medal and stuff, but she she ran just like one fifty nine here. So you'd put her in that in that. I think you'd put her in the group with everybody else. She has the I think the highest chance of separating herself. But like Grace Martinez, Rogers, uh, then you go like Hannah Green,
0: mm. uh,
1: Olivia Baker. You have. I don't know if Heather McLean's gonna run it, but she ran one fifty nine this race. Sid Claire Johnson's probably gonna run the, the fifteen hundred, but she ran one fifty nine. You got geez. Uh whoever I mean, someone's gonna pop up from the college scene. You have someone like Nia Akins as well in there too. It's just you're gonna have a f- – you might have a final where any I know this is cliche, but anybody could make it.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean I think is if you have Mo is definitely doing the eight. As opposed to the four. Which I think she's trials. more likely to do. Yeah. Yeah, um,
1: I would I would guess at the trial she'd do the eight over the four. Yeah, so That's I, my
2: I Yeah, and Wilson lock Mo not quite a lock, but real close only not a lock because of how young she is. <laughs> this is the only yeah. hesitation I would have there. Um Rogers, I would give a like if Ro- like I think Rogers versus the rest of the field is close to a toss up for me for mm. the third spot. Like, so it's not there's no as any one runner from that. She is clearly way ahead. But if you if I said Raven Rogers making the team or everyone else, mm-hmm. it's pretty close for me. So that's interesting. That could be okay. really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I I mean I you know, I think Rogers just she has she definitely has more upside. Um she's got a medal. Yeah, yeah. a silver medal looks really good. Um, And she just, yeah, it's been stronger. But, I mean, a lot of these women can run 158 or, you know, whatever it's going to take. And that's going to make it really, really interesting.
1: Let's go to email now. Yes, we're on gmail.com. Brian, emailer formerly from Raleigh and Pennsylvania, but now from Boulder, wrote in about that fast men's 1500. At the Oregon Twilight meet where Jared Nagus of Notre Dame edged Cooper Tier And Cole Hawker finished third. He got beat. The two-time indoor champion, the my pick to make the Olympic team. I think a lot of people's pick after that indoor meet. But only in his second year, he's allowed to lose. Anyway, he says, I'm not out on Hawker. I still think he'll have a good next few weeks. I imagine the Oregon guys are in a heavy training block at the moment. Cole was also in a terrible position with 200 to go. His kick is good but didn't look like he had the classic Hawker kick on Friday night. I actually think Tier is in better shape than Hawker. and has been the whole year. Tier has been doing a lot of leading this year at Hawker, and now Nagoose had snugged by at the end. In a Monaco-type race, I think Tear would run faster. It's a shame that none of these guys have the standard for the 15 or 5. With the way the 1500 scene is shaping up, it would not surprise me if Tear, Hawker, and goose went 1, 2, 3 at the trials in some combination. That would be pretty wild. At this point, the men's 15 is a complete toss-up. The U.S. has had a bunch of guys in the 334 to 336 range for the last decade or so, with the occasional 330 guys, Centro, Weeding, Manzano. This year, aren't there aren't any standouts. Everybody's right there. They, that can definitely change the next six weeks. Six weeks is a long time running, but for now, the men's 15 is shaping up to be more exciting than it's been in years. That is Bryant. One thing to note, they're also incorporating world rankings this year, which... Virtually nobody knows how to calculate it, but the upshot is you may not need to have that time to still qualify. So 335 is going to get you the auto-qualifier, but if you do enough competitions and put out enough high-level performances in an event, you could get basically the equivalent to the standard. Now, will we know that when they're stepping on the starting line in Eugene for the Olympic trials? That I'm not 100% sure of. We'll probably have a pretty good indication, but... It requires a fair bit of math. I'm pretty confident, though, that it will at least double, if not triple, the amount of people who have this standard going into that race. So right now, there's only three for the men. Centro, Josh Thompson, and Craig Engels. But looking at – Gordon broke these down. He looked up their world rankings because, remember, only three per country can go – so if you're ranked 60th but everybody in front of you is from the same country, right? Um, then you're good. So there's another one, two, three, three. – there's another three guys right now who are in the rankings quota. Blankenship, Prekel, and Gregoric would also go. And I think by the time the trials rolls around, some other guys could – could get there as well. So you could have, you know, instead of three people in the final, maybe eight or nine people, which would make the race obviously a whole lot better. Cause I yeah. like to know if people can qualify for the Olympics when they're running in the Olympic trials. Especially
2: when, even if they don't have the tri- the standard, they will not run fast enough in the final to get it. We've right. seen it too many times.
1: Yeah. And let's stop acting like it's going to happen. Brian also says, Ollie Hor has been so good all year. I think he has an outside shot at a medal and could take the Aussie 1500 meter record in Monaco type race. What do you guys think? Let's say Stewie runs the 5 and 10, but even if he runs the 15, I think Ollie could be the third best 1,500-meter runner in the world. What in the world? I'm not going that far, but that's pretty – well, I guess – I
2: guess all it takes is one race to be that third best runner, but –
1: Yeah, because the number one and two spots are locked down and are not taking – any more applications. But the third one is, it says, Jake Whiteman and Josh Kerr might have something to say about that, though. Justin Knight snagged a big 1,500 PB. He's racing a good 5,000 in shed in a few weeks. I would love to see him run under. 13. I was surprised that Mo Ahmed was so far back in 340. I'm sure they're just coming off a big training block. Mo is more of a 510 guy, but he closed his 1,247 last year in 358, if I recall. We need to see Al Purrier versus Shelby Houlihan in a 1,500 soon. L super fit. She's looked great running 358, putting daylight on GDS in the last 150. GDS looked a bit uh, heavy-legged as well, supporting my theory back to Moe's 340. If one thing is for sure, Jerry could peak his athletes for championships. I'm not sure which event Shelby will pick, but I hope they'll both run the 15. Yeah, I think she's going to run the 15. As if the women's 15 at trials wasn't good enough, Shannon Osika dropped a four flat as well. I know we shouldn't bet against Jenny Simpson, but it's not looking good for her at the moment. I still like Sinclair Johnson at third spot. I think the Jerry magic will pull through. Um then he adds a tweet here from Mohamed's agent about saying uh my take on Mo is way off, posting other Mo Ahmed season debuts, which I know people always post those season debuts to give you a good comparison, but with pro racing it's so hard cuz sometimes they're on completely different dates, completely different training, completely different types of races. So it's hard to figure out. It's not like you could extrapolate, for example, that Allison Felix is going to win a gold medal this year based on what she did in twenty seventeen. That's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's so hard and so easy to jump to every conclusion. All I know is Mohamed in twenty twenty was like the MVP outside of Carson Warholm. It was a uh, ridiculous, <laughs> like he just did everything, including all the uh, rabbiting he just did for. Everyone's awesome times. So yeah. I, I still feel good about Mohamed. He's, he's just, you know, he's the only guy who one of the few guys who actually did something last year.
1: Yeah, and he's not a 1,500 meter runner. And no. It's just there's a limit to what you're going to be able to do. Here's Not Brother Colin about DK Metcalf. Solid showing by him. I thought he would run 10 8. Watching him reminded me of a clip I saw of Patrick Mahomes playing basketball. Clearly super athletic, clearly has the general physical attributes to hang in the sport, but it just looks different from when the pros do it. I don't know if it was his arm carriage or tightness the way he ran or something else entirely, but the way he moved was just different from the way everyone else did. That is not Brother Colin. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I would just say that's the – I mean is that just something – is that just as simple as speed? Like a 10-3 is going to look different right. than a 10 flat and – or a 10 1. And if you're following pro, if you're following high level, very high level track, you're probably not watching a ton of 10 3s. If your experience with 100 is, hey, I'm gonna watch the Diamond League and watch the Olympics and watch the USA's, you're used to seeing if people run 2 tenths, 3 tenths, 4 tenths faster. And everything else is gonna look a bit more ragged in comparison. Again, I don't think it's like Mahomes playing basketball because Mahomes doesn't shoot a football. During practice, but
2: I think I know what he means that. Like you, you see some people who are just so naturally athletic, and it's like things come so easily to them. Like yeah, like Mahomes. I'm not saying he could be an NBA player, but like if he gave a crap about basketball, he'd he'd probably be a uh, pretty respectable at that. Just because he's such <laughs> a by ridiculous the athlete. But <laughs>
1: by the NBA, how many MVPs would Mahomes win in the NBA? Mm, all of them. All of them. Okay. Yeah. Let's take callers now. Uh, let's go to Ryan from Wisconsin. On the topic of LeBron's decathlon, the YouTube algorithm recommended a video to me about Wilt Chamberlain's track career. The video claimed – now, here you go. Here's a crossover. Sub-1100, 49 flat 400, 158 800. In college, he was undefeated at shot put and won three conference high jump championships. After some Googling – I found a Reddit thread, I know, high-quality journalism showing Wilt's actual track marks. Triple jump, 46-2. Shot put, 47-5. He says Ashton Eaton was a bad, end quote, shot putter and has a 50-foot PR. High jump, pre-Fosbury flop, 6-6. He did win two college conference champs, but was never an All-American. I don't remember what any of your predictions were, but at least this guy, this gives you some comparison from an NBA player that actually competed at track in college. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was legit. High jump is the one you get the most, uh, you hear the most about. But, man, 158
2: and an 800. For a seven-foot tall guy.
1: If that's real, I mean, I...
2: He was a, by all accounts, a complete, I mean, freak of an athlete. And that's not shocking. Um, but yeah, I would like that to is... see
1: the 158. He's seven foot tall, right?
2: Yeah, he only took 38 steps for each lap, so it was yeah.
1: helped. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the shot does not – that shot does not surprise me at all, like a 47, 47 feet in the shot. That that seems okay. – triple – just to be have the coordination, though, at that height to triple jump 46 feet. I mean, sub 10 in the – sub 11 in the 100. I wonder what people would have said. Would that have been respectable if you're in sub 11?
2: Yeah, and that was – I mean – so this was in nineteen fifty six I'm looking at this reddit thread, so he was a yeah. freshman when he shot put at forty seven feet and so like yeah, I mean it's just think of how many how much things have progressed <laughs> too I mean it's
1: well right I'm looking at the progression of the men's hundred meter world record mm-hmm. when was this nineteen you said nineteen win
2: uh well that was fifty six was like his high jump
1: let's just say let's just say around there, right can we say sometime around there yeah, okay well. In 1956, the world record was actually broken in 1956. 10 1, hand timed. So still pretty quick. Yeah. But sub 11, (laughs) that's pretty good.
2: Yeah. Especially if you're thinking, like, dude was literally seven feet tall. (laughs) Like, that's insane.
1: Man, I want to do an oral history on the back and forth between Bobby Joe Murrow and Ira Murchison in 1956. The world record, they just, they like switched off. Well, if this is. Is this chronological? I guess it is too. So Bobby Joe Morrow on May 19th ran 10-2, which was the world record. Murchison got it back in June 1st. Morrow got it back on June 22nd. I mean, they're all 10-2, so I don't know if they – like does everybody have the world record if you ran 10-2? Right. It goes Morrow, Murchison, Morrow, Murchison, Morrow. And then Willie Williams enters the chat. And he runs a 10 2 in August third, but then Ira Merchants encounters with a 10 1 on August fourth, a day later. And then Jeez. Lehman King says, Hey, I'm gonna run 10 1 on October 20th, and then he does it again on October 27th, and that ends 1956.
2: <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Nine nine ten twos and ten ones in nineteen fifty six. There you go. There's your history lesson for the day. Let's go to a Laura, but not our Laura. Yes. Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, recently put a call out on Twitter for things people wanted to see him do. Having just listened to the episode of the pod, I asked Gritty to race a zebra, a la Sean Crawford in the intro, and Gritty has delivered. Please enjoy this six-second video of Gritty racing a zebra, and thank you for inspiring this beautiful moment. Wait a minute.
2: This is awesome.
1: Did you watch this?
2: I'm watching it right now.
1: <laughs> I want to see Gritty, right? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Do you think Gritty knows? So if you go to at Gritty NHL, you can find this tweet. Uh, it's not a real zebra. Spoiler alert. But this is terrific. I don't know if Gritty knows the history of that moment i I would say say it's unlikely
2: (laughs) but i love it either way
1: you know there's only one thing that could have made this better right
2: sean crawford was in the race too
1: well what would he have had to say at the end
2: that's what can i say i got beat but he beat the zebra so i guess in this case he couldn't uh (laughs) couldn't couldn't say that
1: oh maybe the zebra turns to the camera and says what can i say i got beat by a gritty
2: oh see there you go that's perfect
1: there we go. Next up, and then we'll get to Chief's voicemail here. Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. If I recall correctly, someone made a comment on last week's show, this is a couple weeks ago, about how most runners at the end of their careers probably do not say, Golly, gee, I wish I would have raced less. An exception to that rule will be Craig Virgin. His career is basically the antithesis of load management in the NBA. <laughs> Craig's book, Virgin Territory, the story of Craig Virgin, America's Renaissance Runner, which to my relief does not cover Craig's sex life or lack thereof, (laughs) lists the results, time and place of every race he ever, ever ran from 1969 in high school until officially retiring in 1991. 632 races. However, he only raced four times between 89 and 91, and he ran everything from European track circuit, cross country, and the roads. So that's what, 22 years
2: yeah, yeah, and if he years. only raced four times those last bits, so you're talking 628 races in 20 years, basically. Um, so, th- so like that's like four, 40-ish a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Other fascinating tidbits about Craig's racing in college: he would often no, 30, run an,
2: 31 a year. Sorry,
1: an indoor meet, Milrose, one night, fly back to Champaign, Illinois, and race two more times the next day. At the 1984 Olympic trials, he ran 35K, two rounds of the 10K, three of the 5K over five days, making the team in the 10K. In the five weeks between the trials and the games, he ran Peachtree, a 3K in Berkeley, a 5K at pre-classic. For those scoring at home, Craig raced five, more in five weeks than a BTC athlete will run in their career. His down month from training was always September, where he only raced three or four times during the month. Quite a juxtaposition to Bernardo the got. In addition to competing in 10 World Cross-Country Championships, Craig also competed in household races such as Craig Virgin Olympic Day at Lebanon uh, Lebanon 10K, Natural Light San Diego Off-Marathon, Six Flags Road Race at Eureka, Missouri. No word as to whether he rode the roller coasters after. Brand Checks 10K. This was a series Craig sponsored with Ralston Purina, the Miller Lite Super Run 10K, and the Red Lobster Road Race. It's like everybody was in the road racing and track meet sponsorship game back then, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it was like, hey, we'll give you, uh, you know, 200 bucks and you can eat at Red Lobster whenever you want. And it'd be like, yeah, sign me up. I mean, I'll do that right now. Cheddar Bay Biscuits? <laughs> Ch- Chatter-
1: the Cheddar Bay Biscuits 5K, where you had to consume as many as you could.
2: I uh, I mean, man, this is I, it's pretty awesome, actually. Um but I wonder, I wonder what, what Craig would say, you know, if he was like, you know what? I wish I, I, wish I would have entered that uh, Outback Steakhouse 5K in 1989.
1: <laughs> the exposure was worth it, I think. Okay, we got a voicemail here, so we will play that right now and then say goodbye. Well, we'll here? talk about it and then we'll we... say goodbye. We're not just going to be like, goodbye. Yeah, that's,
2: <laughs> that's it. Jessica Ennis, good night.
0: <laughs> what up boys chief from illinois now indianapolis drink your milk brayland boys can we just take a minute to appreciate purrier i mean girl is a gamer she goes out there and races what feels like about every other weekend you know what check the track meet for this weekend and she's racing again she's popping in the 800 girl has range and she races none of this bowerman shit where you race every third month of the year so you're racing like four times a year no this girl's going out there and banging in all the races and she's not afraid to take it led wire to wire and put it to the canadian bowerman chick love it on the guy's side we don't have a single american guy who just wants to put themselves out there and like, go for a, a fast time and the win. You know what? You might crash and burn. But at least she's going for it. Like, I, again, I just – I can respect Perrier so much. I wish the American men in the 1500 would also gun for, gun for fast times and not just sit back and, and run 340. So with that, peace, boys.
1: There's been a group of people just running, cranking out three thirty-six after three thirty-six. I do think the aforementioned world ranking setup is gonna gonna fix some of that, but we'll see. Credit to Purier for going after. It. She doesn't need to do that either. I think she's just running to win the race.
2: Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, it's obviously, yeah, you want to see that as often as possible. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think like who's who's like a middle distance guy who runs just a lot. Is there anybody? I'm sure there. I'm sure there's somebody. It's probably not one. Uh, you know, someone of maybe Purius quality. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No. I'm. I'm all about it. I mean, that's what we loved about LaShawn Merritt all those years. Just someone who's just like, hey, I'm going to run a mm-hmm. hundred times. And Craig Virgin, same thing. Just that's that's my favorite kind of kind of runner.
1: Yeah. I don't. Uh... Yeah. I don't. Everybody's situation is different with their contract and with their incentives, but I just remember, yeah, a lot of times athletes, it's just a matter of, well, to pay the bills, I got to run and race, and I got to find the races that have prize money, and I got to find a way to pick up a couple thousand dollars here. You know, there's all these series that no one pays attention to, but some of the savvy athletes do of, oh, this, if I win these three, I win this series and I get this bonus, right? Right. And it's a way for, and, when you talk about winning obviously you're you're cutting out a large chunk of athletes who don't have a chance to win race. So you're you're not talking about you know the the really unheralded people, but you're talking and you're also not talking about the super duper stars in the sport. But you are talking about somebody, you know, not like a Bolt, not like a uh, a Fraser Price or a Felix or a a Flanagan, you know, someone below that in terms of of their earning potential, however you define earning potential, but, but someone like Merritt, who's not in you know, wasn't necessarily in a glamour event, but was trying to race as much as he could, I'm assuming to, to, to make a living, to make, to make money. And, you know, if you can, if you're a 336, 1500 meter runner, you could probably find your way into some races that you're going to win or finish high up in. There's only yeah. so many places Timothy Chariot, Jakob Ingabritz, and Oliver Hoare, Jake Whiteman, Josh Kerr can be at any one moment. And if you're in shape at the right time you can capitalize on that or get in you know, get a lot of of second and third place finishes. And it it just it makes sense from a making a living standpoint. The problem is a lot of those people are incentivized not to compete as opposed to competing, which is backwards for sports. At least the sports as we know it, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you'd think I mean, athletes like to race. Generally, I mean, it's uh, hard, but it's not like it's it's more fun than than training. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I know it's you know it's coaches and everything else. There's always a, a master plan to it, or at like, least we're led to believe there's a master plan to it. Um, looking at you, Sydney. Um, yeah, so I, it's just one of those things. I I imagine. You know, if your coach says, "Hey, we want you to run a like a lot of races this year," then they're probably all about it. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be curious. Yeah, what most runners, you know, like think about that? Do they? Some of them like just, "Hey, I'm going to race these six times, and that's it." And that seems. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like I'd be like itching to get out there more.
0: Yeah, I think
1: part of it's just the not wanting to show yourself until you're fully ready. Right. And at that point, and at that level, the difference a second or two here, a half a second there in the sprints, it just makes such a big difference in terms of first to last. And I think that's part of it. And if your contract is just heavily weighted towards making a team, you're just, you're gonna And not, it's not incentivized to run any other race. And that's just what you're going to do. So,
2: yeah. And just like anyway. having that part of it, ego too, or, or just whatever it is to like, if you are one of the, the top, top, top people, like you're just feels like you're not allowed to be beaten like even if it's clear the hey this is this is a warm up race for me this is whatever like we that's why we get these hey there's two heats of the 100 in this yeah. race or or whatever like it's yeah, those yeah. kind of things that it's like hey we can't have my guy look bad so yeah and maybe that's part of it too
1: i remember many years ago i don't maybe it was 2011 tyson gay was coming off an injury and then he's going to run in new york and then someone from his camp said oh he's full go completely ready and he's in, you know he's in nine like he's in whatever shape and but he's going to be in the B heat yeah I'm just like wait what <laughs> That's... what wait it can both things can't be true right he can't be ready to go back to 100% and then we're also going to put him in the B heat uh, you know it just doesn't that doesn't make sense i'm looking up the year i think it was
2: i think i do i do remember that
1: 20, if it was 2011, he ran 1026 into a minus 3.4. I don't know if that was it. It was before the suspension, I want to say. Um, maybe it was 2012. Yeah, 2012, he ran 1000 into a minus 1.5. Yeah, and then Blake was in the main heat. Blake, I wanted, to, yeah, we wanted to see Blake uh, versus okay. Gay. Yeah. Blake, man, look at this. Blake, 990. Keston Bledman, 993. Mike Rogers, 999. Richard Thompson was fourth. And then Tyson Gade ran in the B heat into a minus 1.5 and you ran 10 flats. So it would have been pretty close because the wind turned around for the for the A race. So, anyway. Oh, wow. Tyree Kill ran the U200 that, in that same meet and was DQ'd. There you go. Wow.
2: All right. All comes f- full circle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Houseofrunnergmail.com is the email address. Write in. Let us know what you think of Jason's... Decisions about panicking or not panicking. We got a, a good distance meet this weekend out in Southern California as we head closer to the Olympic trials every week. Do you have any last words, Jason, anything we should be looking forward to seeing?
2: Hopefully Sydney running some uh, forward hurdles. Um, keep sending emails. You know, that's that's the most fun part of the show. Mm. no nothing nothing else just uh you know happy belated mother's day to all the the mothers listening out there
1: yeah absolutely happy mother's day to you all email the show housefront at gmail.com we'll talk to you guys next week
2: jessica ennis what can i say i got beat by a gritty